You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.05, 8.06am. And Lawson, we have another quiz question before we go into our Encounter with God time, please. Absolutely. Our next quiz question. Here we go. How many men were killed following the golden calf apostasy? Ah. 0491-064-669. How many men were killed following the golden calf apostasy? You guys have been a little bit quieter this morning. Not many comments, not many things to say, but hey... Guys, get in with some amazing quiz answers to win some amazing prizes. 0491-064-669 is the number to text, if you know the correct answer to that one, to get in for our prizes for this week, which is we've got two books that you will receive if you win the draw, uh, which is happening on Friday at around 8.45 a.m. Those two books are, one of them being the thoughtful hour and then the other one being thoughts from the mount of blessings amazing mm. amazing devotional books and we just want to highlight here at faith of him the importance and the need that you have to read the bible uh to be in and engaged in god's word in prayer mm. with him every single day and that's exactly what these books promote so again zero four nine one zero six four six six nine and that question was how many men were killed following the golden calf apostasy Absolutely. That's an interesting story right there, isn't it? Mm. But, you know, spending that thoughtful time with God every day is so important. And you just have a different perspective on life and on on each day, hey, when you have that. So Mm. just really want to encourage everyone to actually have that. Hey, just want to say uh, also a shout out to Smithton in Tasmania. Mm. Maybe you've just joined on partly now um, or listening back on the podcast. Even just text us in um, on and you're listening on 88.0 FM in Tasmania. Just let us know what you like about Smithton, what's so good about it. Tassie's such a beautiful place, honestly. Uh, love Tassie, love around Launceston and love the harbour down there in Hobart. So uh, text us in and just let us know. We'll be excited to hear from you. Um, and if anyone's got their birthday, of course, let us know. Or if you've got a friend that you want us to wish happy birthdays, it's the birthday month. We've only got three more days left today, tomorrow and the day after. If you want to get ahead a little bit for next month for somebody for their birthday, we're happy to take those in as well in Absolutely. any kind of way. So, yeah, just really looking forward to that. But, hey... Lawson, Ephesians. Ephesians. I just want to say before we get into it, I found that interview fascinating. I was going to yeah. About the heartbeats, the heart rates. It's something that I have spent a lot of my life trying to understand and and dwell over. Um, Particularly, so last year I was doing some triathlons Uh and I was always, I always had my monitor on and I was training according to my heart rate. Oh, wow. So you have different, very particular. You have different heart rate zones. They're usually divided up into five zones and it kind of goes from your maximum down. And my max heart rate is just about eclipsing 200. So around Ah. 199, 200, around that point. Uh And then, so you work down from there and it's it's interesting, hey, they find that when you, when it comes to like aerobic sports, so like running and whatnot, Mm. when you actually sit in a heart rate level that is lower and you train at a heart rate level that is lower, you actually build your capacity to go faster whilst being more comfortable Mm. And it's interesting as well, like the point that he's making there, because I think I'm like, okay, so we want our heart rate to be slower because mm. then we, we, uh, 
we lower our risk of chronic diseases. Mm. But then I'm thinking, but if you go and exercise all the time, then your heart rate's really high. Mm. Is, is that having a negative toll or a negative effect on your heart rate? But I think it, it works a little bit like, it's, it's like a vehicle. It's yeah. like a car. You know, if, a, if you buy a car mm. and then it sits in the shed mm. for like, 20 years mm. and does nothing mm-hmm. that's actually less healthy for the motor mm. than going and taking it on a drive every month you know yeah. keeping the battery going uh, but you know the battery will eventually fade out but you know keeping everything lubricated keeping everything you know nice and and well you know the difference with our body is that um, the car stays the same even though the engine might deteriorate a little bit the car stays the same whereas we when we don't exercise whether it's we gain weight or, you know, muscle issues Mm -hmm. or skeletal issues, mental health issues. Mm. We're in such need to go and exercise because again, like I love that it's just in a very physiological sense. Like if you're fitter, your heart rate is lower. And if your heart rate is lower, then your heart will be used less. And if your heart is used less, then you die later in life. Well, I, I, I was blown away with, with the fact, you know, with what George said is uh, you increase by 275% with the risk of dying. Like, you mm. know, if you're not doing the 275% is absolutely massive. And when you think the fact that you can actually add on 10 years of quality of life, that's just, mm. that's just huge. But, you know, you're saying about, you know, yes, your heart rate goes up high when you exercise and then how does that work, you know, with it getting low? I just think of a friend of ours, you know, down in Sydney that's just huge into exercise, like massively, um, has been for years and his heart rate is, you know, just generally all really low. Like he, like George said, some can actually get around. 40 or 50 beats yeah. per minute and his is around that virtually all the time because of the amount that he exercises yeah. and because you know that the body is just re- so i'm just thinking man he's possibly added on 15 years to yeah. his, his life oh, I already wish I, had, I, I left my watch at home this morning uh-huh. but um usually so when i start talking because i talk a lot but um when i'm sitting around i notice my heart rate uh, when i wake up in the morning if i keep my heart rate my my watch on overnight yeah i'll wake up and check my wrist and i'll be at like 53 mm. 52 something like that okay then when i'm sitting there studying i'm hovering usually around 60 okay 60 and up and then you know going and doing exercise and whatnot and like i try it when i go running i'm trying to stay in like zone Zone one, zone two, zone three, which is for me, it's roughly like 120 to 130 BPM. And then when I really start pushing it, so I wore my watch uh, when I did a triathlon last year and you know, you just naturally get fatigued trying to keep the same pace. Mm. And you, you know, mm-hmm. I, I did a sprint finish. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was running beside someone and we sprinted to the line and I, uh, and I beat him. I was so pleased with myself because actually I, I paced and this person, we were together when we started, we came off the bike, started the run. We were together. I gapped and then I slowed down and they caught me. And then I sprinted the finish so I could get my heart rate low enough to sprint at the end. And wow. when I crossed the line, looked down at my watch, and I'm like 197. Oh, my heart was just flying. But I beat that guy, so I was like pretty happy about it. I was pretty pleased with myself. But uh, yeah, it's, it, I think it's ultimately getting fitter. It, it helps with everything. It's, this is In the thing, every it's, space. It's like the reason that you can go and do more when you're a fitter person is because your heart rate stays lower. Absolutely. And also then you don't, you know, when we actually, I'm going to use the word here, a bit more slothful, Mm -hmm. right? We tend to 
eat worse. We tend oh, so to true, spend more dude. time sitting on the couch watching yep. TV instead mm-hmm. of being out in nature and actually exercising. Mm-hmm. You know, we socialize less. So there's so many other aspects that are actually affected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's got to be such an intentional thing. I mean, it's like, it's like what George said. It's actually act- about getting out there and actually doing it, you know, consistently. And I like the idea of what he says, you know, do it with friends as well where you can. Mm. And if not, like one, one of the things I do always with Facebook you know when I leave Faith FM first thing I go and do is a long walk Mm. because the thing is we've been sitting here in the morning and we're also up early in the morning you know I'm up at 4 30 doing having devotional time and then preparing a few things for Faith FM coming in we sit here you know well we do do get up and move around a little bit but essentially we're here and so I then want to get that fresh air in the morning into my lungs and also just get that exercise so yeah going for a walk is the first thing I do after I leave Faith FM and I'm, mm. I'm really enjoying that and and you know everyone finds their own way and best time to do that some people like to do it on you know the treadmill for instance yeah and, yeah, yeah. Uh, or go into a gym and do that you know but others um, I'm personally you know blue skies fresh air is far better for me yeah. than being on on indoors with it's that. actually something that I I'm struggling to do at the moment I'm pretty under the pump with study mm. and as well I've got a I've got this weird foot injury I was planning to do the city surf this year and then oh. I sustained a running injury and yeah. Like my foot just cramps up and spasms a lot and, and I'm working, you know, I stretch it out with a rubber band every day and, you know, seeing some physios and whatnot about it. But I'm kind of in this position where I am like getting a bit soft. I'm like, you know, because I'm not training as much and then you eat worse. I'm like, oh man, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta get my head into something. I need to Mm -hmm. really, I I need to set that time aside to Mm. go and to do something that will help me to better focus on my health. And they've got some great walks around the university there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Which I hear there's some beautiful birds, you know, the feathered birds, I mean, apart from the ladies too. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay. Yeah, I had to add that one okay. because right. you are single, I know. But, wow. you know, the birds. So... <laughs> I love this. Apparently, you know, <laughs> every single person who comes here and hosts on Faith FM, it always comes back around to this. It always comes back around to, hey, Lawson, you're single, da da da. You know, in a like, no, I'm meaning it in a nice way because no, 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 not, that's you know, fine. you know, that's but fine. what I mean is that there's somebody told me that there's about a hundred and just over a hundred different species of birds around that area. Uh-huh. They do some bird watching, you know. Um, you know, with, with, you know, as they go the for their walks with the binoculars and stuff the like that. That's yeah. right. So, um, that's why I had to add that in. That was a nice, that's awesome. I meant all well for no, no, you. No, that's cute. That's cute. You know, that's, that's really nice. Hey, let's get into our Bible study time. We're looking at Ephesians. Mm. And of course, this week we're actually looking at husbands and wives together at the cross. I love the mm. fact that it's about being together and the context that we're actually looking at here. Within Ephesians, of course, Paul in the whole of Ephesians is very much about the unity within the church and that the church, of course, is to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. And that's why the whole Mm. theme very much right from chapter one that goes through in Ephesians is that Paul continually says, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And we've unpacked, you know, previously that the Gentiles were were previously, you know, came from the pagans. 
pagan pagan way of life and become believers have have been grafted into the family of God and so now he's saying hey look things are different when you're in the family of God and mm. and and so much of it centers all around that whole reverence to God and being imitators of God and so the context here we're going to read um, some verses again just to bring everyone back in again for this week um, and and it's the passage about wives submitting to their husbands which then unpack we're going to unpack today about the church as a bride mm. of Christ because there's these symbolisms that Paul refers to about the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the temple of, you know, the uh, temple of God as well. And so here we're unpacking that. And we, let's keep this in context of the start of Ephesians 5 where it's that we are to be imitators of God. So mm. Lawson, can you just bring in from verse 21 in Ephesians 5, please? Ephesians 5, 21, we're going to read down to verse 33 again in case anyone wasn't wasn't on air yesterday and we're just jumping into the passages and unpacking a few of the verses in the early part of this place. Verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Then it continues on into verse 22 where it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their husband, to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Continue reading. Mm. Continues on in verse 28. It says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of the flesh of his bones." For this reason, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Mm, love it. And so here what we unpacked briefly yesterday is about the fact that it's about mutual submission here. That's what Paul's actually covering it when he says wives, um, you know, submit to your husbands and, and husbands love them as, you know, Christ sacrificially gave themselves. And, and so it's about mutual submission and also the agape love, which is the highest form of love that reflects mm. the Godhead. Now, something I mentioned yesterday that I want to bring into this too just briefly is about the fact that in Genesis 1 we have this general overview of creation and then Genesis 2 it's more specific and of course you know some people say well you know God created Adam first he created him out of the dust of the ground and then he created Eve now I've actually had a male say to me and it wasn't my husband because he doesn't believe this right (laughs) but he said this person said to me looked me in the eyes and he said you know the man is the head of the home because Adam named Eve just like he named the animals. Oh. Right. And so, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. whoa, okay, that is just like way off with what the Bible's saying. Because really, when you, and the Bible tells us in, in Genesis 2 that God, you know, um, made Eve out of, made 
made the woman out of the rib mm. of Adam. And, you know, there's that saying that he didn't make it from the foot so that he wouldn't trample on the woman. He didn't make it from the head so that he would rule mm. over her. He did it from the rib, from the side, so it'd be equal. And when you look at it, you know, she was created to be um, her his, his helpmate or her helper because uh, all the animals had, you know, they were male, male yeah. they had companions, but Adam had no companion and therefore God said, you need a helper. And so in he, in this context here, what we actually see is that God is actually man's superior helper, not mm. in a dominating way, but you know, God is man's helper from superiorly. And then you've actually got the animals are the inferior helper and therefore the woman is man's equal helper. And I want us to keep that in mind as we actually then unpack here because then what this next bit that we're actually unpacking is really important about the fact that the church is the bride of Christ and this is then what applies to marriage. Mm. Okay. And so in the context of, um, you know, here in verses 25 to 27 where it says, you know, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her to, be, to the washing of the water by the word that he might present it to himself as a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle, um, be holy and without blemish. And the verse 29 says, cherish yourself, you know, cherish her just as you cherish your own body, just as the Lord does the church. What do you think about that in that space, Lawson? What do you think this is saying, you know, and then in the context of a bride of, you know, Christ? Well, obviously, it's it's using the the marriage. It, it, I, I, this passage kind of has two two lanes mm-hmm. going the same direction yeah. at the same time, and it's because they're kind of crossing into one another. It's like God is using the the literal marriage between a husband and a wife to describe how it is that Christ interacts with the church. Yeah. And then furthermore... And the whole marriage that is there between Christ and the church. That's yeah. right. But then at the same time, he's using the relationship that Christ has with the church to mm. find what marriage should look like. <laughs> yeah. So it, it goes both ways both here. It's ways. not just... Love it's it. not a single direction uh-uh. illustration. It's not... This isn't just completely a parable in the sense that, oh, this mm. is a story that means this. It's like, okay, both of these things are kind of defining each other. When it's saying here, husbands love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. We see here that essentially Christ here recognizes and understands his responsibility. Well, we see through his actions mm. to to give himself for the world, for his voluntarily, people. Hey, to vo- not forcefully at that's all. That's right. To voluntarily sacrifice himself and to take responsibility for the actions and the futures mm. and the movements of the church. And it's kind of his right to that responsibility comes out of the love that he has mm. and the, 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 the respect that he has and furthermore, the, the sacrifice that he would give for the church. And if we reflect this into a marriage, it says here, well, husbands have that same responsibility to their mm. family, mm. uh, to be, to be a leader, to, to, to give affection, to give, to give love, yeah, you know, that's express right. it in every kind of way that, you know, yeah. Yeah. In, in, I think here you can say a relational sense as well as a pragmatic sense Absolutely. as well, uh, to, yeah, to be, to be a part of the household and to be fulfilling his role as the husband. Mm. And what does that require? Well, no less than in the attitude of Christ, uh, mm. one that is self-sacrificial, one that is is loving, I think, in such a such an open and such a, you know, the way that Christ died, he really did die. 
and he really did mm. sacrifice himself mm. for the church and it's obviously i think that it's not necessarily saying oh you need to 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 just go and die needlessly but rather you know i think about i think about a pragmatic situation in the first century i think about mm. a husband defending his family mm-hmm. like in a physical sense mm-hmm. say you know someone trying to rob them or mm-hmm. or whatever it may, or, or standing up for his family or whatever it may be you know and in in this case you know being a breadwinner or, or whatever like living mm. up to and the protector in the home Absolutely, mm-hmm. a protector. You know, the Bible even providing a safe environment. That's right. the The Bible says, like, if the husband is not willing to provide for his own family, then he is worse than an unbeliever and denying the faith. Like, yeah. this without living up to these responsibilities, he he is essentially denying what he claims to believe in Christ. This is something that he should be doing, and the standard there is set by what Christ has oh. done. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Lawson, it's come time for our last quiz question. It's our longest one for today. But it's our last quiz question that's really important. To get more answers in means more chances to win for the draw on Friday. Absolutely, guys. And here we go. What was something that men used in Bible times to settle arguments? Was it A, a foot race, B, whoever was older would win, C, they would cast lots, or D, they would ask a third party? 0491-064-669. What was something that men in the Bible would use to settle arguments? A, a foot race, B, whoever was older would win, C, they would cast lots, or D, they would ask a third party. <laughs> Again, that number, 0491-064-669. And our prizes for this week, of course, a thoughtful hour and thoughts for the amount of blessings. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking, you know, some of those answers you could almost say that could all fit for that time of the century. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I would, I would, I would love to like, foot race somebody. You know, just racing anyone for anything. I, I love that. You know. That's it. Eh? There's like, actually, oh, there's a funny story. My husband, uh, my, my husband, my sister's <laughs> husband, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, there's this running joke that, you know, one night he and his friends were hanging out and he, I think he was like really tired. Something happened. And he had a friend with his, uh, he had a foot race with his friend over who would own his house. And it was just like a, it was like a silly bet. But then he ended up unexpectedly losing because oh. he like tripped true because he would be like he was like yeah yeah i would beat you in a foot race and now it's like a running joke amongst their friend group and, you know <laughs> the family like I'm, I'm really even my sister's friends and they're always like oh well actually actually he owns the house not you because you know run it and now they always say like oh foot race you for it you know it's just just a funny thing yeah, and so I'm, I'm looking at this i'm like man i know what these foot races are, are all about i can see that <laughs> i can see that going down but hey if you know what the answer is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text and of course you'll go into the drawers of the into the draw for our amazing prizes at the end of this week zero four nine one zero six four six six nine yeah and we're looking today at ephesians chapter 5 particularly verses 25 to 27 and mm-hmm. verse 29 where it says husbands love your wives just as mm-hmm. christ loved the church and gave himself and you know about that he came to sanctify and cleanse her and that to present herself as a glorious church so and i love what you the way that you said it you know it was really great there uh, lawson where you said that it's like a double thing that you know paul here is using the an- analogy of an everyday life marriage to kind of talk about the church here, but then also talking about that marriage between Christ and the church. 
to actually kind of, you know, give an example of what mm. needs to be happening in the marriage. And so really as we unpack it further, let's actually look at the fact that the church is as a bride to Christ because there's some really key points here. So what what Paul's actually saying is that he loves the church as a bride and and we can never forget that because God, you know Jesus really really loves us. Of course, mm. you know in 1 John 4 it says God is love. Bang, point blank. That is three key words for the Bible that everything revolve, you know, that that reflects God in every way and that the whole Bible hinges on is that God mm. is love. And then also we know that when we actually look at the bride concept, that Christ gives himself as a bride price. So here mm. it's actually in the context of an ancient wedding arrangement. So the bridegroom would actually typically in that time, you know, in the first century basically would purchase the bride uh, and the bride at a bride price, which was usually at a large sum of money and valuables that mm. he would actually purchase her. Okay, and so it actually it was a common thing in the ancient villages, and so the villagers would actually rely very much mm-hmm. on economically on this whole thing that there would this be, be this big sum of money that the the bridegroom would actually pay and the the family would pay. And then on top of that, what we've got to remember is that they had these long festivities. It wasn't just Mm. like what we would typically have today that, you know, you go to the church, they go and have their photos, and then you go and have like a meal for two, three hours, and everyone goes home. Mm. It would actually be for days and then typically about a week or eight days or so. And um, and so here what Christ is saying, like you're saying, that you know, he's relating the whole marriage thing, everyday marriage thing to the church thing. Christ mm. gave himself. So yep. he, he came at a price. He gave himself at a price, which was his life on the cross. It was a huge price that mm. he paid for every single one of us so that every single one of us can be saved. Mm. It's actually our choice then to respond. And, of course, he's then saying that the church, Church is in that is that representation of the price, and he is the bridegroom. In fact, we'll unpack it a bit more too. That you know, in Matthew, there's those parables that refer to him as the bridegroom. But yeah, absolutely, and I love this here as we're saying it is the bride of Christ. Yes, and the, what we read here in the book of Ephesians, the way that he treats the bride, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing yes. of water by the word, that he might present her to himself mm-hmm. a glorious church, mm. not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Mm. And so what so we're seeing here... bathing concept here, concept here Yeah, eh? the bathing concept. And what this is getting at is Jesus' death on the cross as... Because he is the one that is yeah. without blemish. He yeah. is the one he that is, is without one. spot. 100%. And through his death for them, mm. in the same way that the lamb died that was without, blesh, uh, without blemish and without spot, and that would, you know sanctify the person who is sacrificing mm. that lamb and would you know the the their sin would be you know caught up in and removed from them in the death of that lamb jesus is doing the same way having oh, lived the perfect yes. and righteous life now he's giving himself for the church That's for right. the bride um that this bride who is actually if it's made up by the church it's actually filthy and disgusting because oh, it's people yeah yeah he, but now we're all he, sinners and he, fall short yeah, of the glory of right. god he is presenting her now yeah. as 
perfect, as without blemish, as without spot, as holy because of his death. And the point that it's not making here, because I guess it can get a bit confusing when reading through his, the point that the Bible is not making here is that, oh, and the husband will do the same thing for his wife. Mm. He will make his wife perfect. Mm. That is not what's being Mm -hmm. shared here. It's saying, okay, Jesus loves the church so much that he gave his life for her mm-hmm. to make it perfect. Love your wives in the same way. That's what it, when sacrificial it, love. That's, that's right. right. Verse, You've got to sacrifice things at times for the, the, your wife's happiness. That's and, right. And vice versa. It's a exactly. two-way thing. Yeah. When it comes in in verse 28, it says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bl- bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Mm. Yeah. It's not saying that the husband is so righteous that he makes the unrighteous wife righteous. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. This is something that a work that Christ is doing, mm. but the comparison it's making is to the love of Christ and what that love has amounted to in his actions that he gives his life mm. for Christ gives his life for the world. The husband then should be yeah, self-sacrificial for his wife. Absolutely. That's his role. That's his responsibility. That's what and, and it's to. a call to, to move away from selfishness because, mm. you know, our nature is to be selfish. Mm. And here it's saying, think of the other person. Think of the other person. Think of the other person. Give is It's about the happiness of the other person. And then with that, you know, it speaks of the word of the promise because as it said there in the verse that you said, you know, um, by the word, you know, washing of the water by the word, which is mm. just so important. And so, you know, this whole bride price it's all 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 intermingled together and also then it says you know our key other key thing is that he prepares and adorns the wife the bride is finally presented to the groom and is you know fabulous and so christ not only bathes the bride but he actually prepares and adores Mm. adorns the wife um, the wife in other words the church so we've got to remember that that's just a beautiful concept there yeah absolutely the the Christ makes provision for the church, oh. uh, you know, and enables the church to be both spiritually and physically, you know, functioning in a way that is conducive to people, you know, growing closer to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that a husband also has a responsibility to the environment of the home, mm-hmm. you know, enabling it to be one where people can grow spiritually. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. We're coming to the end of it. But before we actually go towards the very end, mm-hmm. we're actually going to give our answers to our five quiz questions for this week. Yes, we are. Well, the five quiz questions for today, uh, we should say. Here we go. Four, <clears throat> he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. That was Psalm 119 verse 11, which is just a powerful mm. promise. He will command his angels mm. con- concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Isn't that a beautiful yeah, thing? The, like, and I think it's it's very clear from the Bible, you know, when the Bible says that there's principalities and powers oh. at work that we just can't see. Mm. You know, the work that God is doing behind the behind scenes. Behind the scenes to, to keep us safe and that's to, right. from those principalities. Yeah. Absolutely. How did Eli die? He fell off a seat and broke his neck. That's yeah. first Samuel chapter four. Now we were kind of Terrible talking about way to die. Yeah, hey. Eli, he's like sad situation. He was a little bit of a bad dude. Like uh, it's it's in, it's interesting in Eli's case because 
he seems well intentioned, but mm. someone but who just particularly his sons that were just so bad they were robbing God and you know of offerings people weren't wanting to bring offerings That's and things right. like that and his sons were really so... awful and so then Eli stayed a priest well after he should have yeah. retired and given the priesthood to you know his children but then it's kind of like a, a difficult situation because it's like. It kind of reflected the bad parenting of Eli, mm. but then, yeah, very, very awful. But and then it couldn't be passed on to the sons because they were so bad too. Yeah, In fact, they right. died straight after the father died as well, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. of that. But so Samuel then, who was the faithful one, of mm. course, was three years old and was brought to Eli to be brought up by him, um, you know, or trained by him, actually became the next um, judge and priest. Yeah, that's right. Who said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ? Mm. It was Paul. It was Paul. It was Paul who said that. And, of course, he's speaking there from Philippians chapter 3 and mm. verse 7, which is just a I book. I counted it for the sake of Christ. Yeah, That's right. He is just totally reflecting on the journey and the experience that he has had as a disciple and also the experience of the Philippians. You know, the, Philipp- the Philippian church was very much a persecuted church. We see that from its very inception, you know, mm. Paul taken to jail and Silas taken to jail and whipped and beaten and, mm-hmm. and thrown in there. Uh, but regardless, he's like, hey, guys, you know, it has other such famous verses in it, you know, um, as uh, uh, Philippians 4.13, you know, I can do all things through Christ. Mm, and particularly today he's talking me, about yeah. being content yeah. in times of difficulties, you know, also uh, not being anxious for anything, but in all things, giving it to prayer and God. Mm. Like these passages where he's like, guys, things are going to be difficult. They're going to be rough, but hey, Stick to God, cling to him. Um, he will help you and enable you to, yeah, to be able to do the work he's called you to. Then we see here uh, now how many men were killed following the golden calf apostasy. There was 3,000 men killed. There were lots of people following the golden mm. calf apostasy, but the people who kind of set it up, there were 3,000. And I think That's it was a lot. every single tribe participated in worshipping the That's golden right. calf in some way. But other than the Levites... The Levites did not, and so as a result, they were given the the right to be the priests going forward. And then finally here, what was something that men used in Bible times to settle arguments? It was that they would cast lots, Mm. Uh, which is is great. Casting lots is essentially an ancient form of rolling a dice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They they would throw, you know, we don't know exactly what it was. No. But it would be kind of objects that they would throw on the ground. That's right. And you think, you know, a classic story of that one is Ruth and Boaz. Yeah. Boaz had to actually, you know, to have be able to marry Ruth, had to purchase the land and they had to cast lots, you know. Mm-hmm. So they did that and then it was actually sealed that he would actually be able to marry her and that he had, you know, had 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 won that lot, casting the lot, mm-hmm. by then exchange of sandals as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, it's not something that we tend to do today and it's not something that's prominent throughout the New Testament. And that's pretty much as a result of, hey, you know, this isn't something we should rely on anymore to get information from God. You know, in the same way that, say, in the Old Testament, the priest wore the ephod, which would communicate to him, you know, Mm -hmm. how God felt. It's like, hey, now we can go in prayer directly Mm -hmm. to to Christ and have an experience Mm -hmm. with him. So, yeah, this is the, uh, these are the answers for the quizzes today, guys. Fantastic work on getting those ones correct. Everyone who texted incorrect answers. And, yeah, be playing throughout the rest of the week Mm -hmm. so that you can get in for our prizes this week, a thoughtful hour and thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. 
We've come to the end of our breakfast show and we want you to stay online or listen throughout the day. There will be Tazzy Encounters coming on. I think Aussie Pasta is on today. We've also got Drive Time. We also want to leave you with a promise for the day. Psalms 37 verse 23 and 24 Mm. says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And, of course, we know that where it says him, it also means her and she. And so just just take that promise for today that the Lord will hold your steps firm um, and hold you by the hand. Lawson, what's our giveaway for today? Boy, yesterday we had to be really quick. Yeah. You know, we had a couple or so folks straight after the very first one. So you can start texting in even while, yeah. while Lawson is speaking. So what That's is right. it today? 0491 is our number. And I'm giving away a book today. It's called How to Postpone Your Heart Attack. Oh. So we were talking about the heart yeah. earlier. We were talking about our heart rate. We are talking about how it is that we can, you know, enable ourselves to have a slower heart rate so that yeah. it beats live longer, for longer, all these things. Of life. That's exactly what this book is about. It's the practical steps to doing. So we want to give you this for free. You don't have to answer any questions. You just have to be the first person to text through. And you win this book, How to Postpone Your Heart Attack by Richard J.B. Willis. So again, that number, 0491-064-669. Text through that number. Be the first texter through. And we'll give it to you absolutely for free. But guys, have a fantastic day today. Absolutely. Have a fantastic day and start exercising. And just remember too to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Securely fold you